Portland Pilots are the 2016 West Coast Conference champions. Back to the Portside Pod. I am Chris Clements, and I'm joined by Henry Cheney. We know sometimes you can't be here, but today you are because you are an athlete and you are a student. Uh, student first, Chris. But thank you for thanks for having me on. Yeah, that, I guess that's true. Today we'll be talking with Amy Dame Smith, and she'll talk all about being a student first. Uh, and then we've been gone for a while with the holiday season, so. We're up here above Merlot Field in our podcast studio. So, Henry, what is the down low from Merlot? The hottest team on campus right now, which could be women's basketball. And uh, they're on a five-game win streak right now with two big games coming up this weekend in Child Center. The first one against uh, BYU and then the second one against uh, San Diego. Um, and just a lot of exciting stuff going on. Um, and they're battling right now. They're in third place in the WCC and BYU's in second. So it's... It's going to be a great matchup, and because of that success, they actually have the top two scorers in the WCC, Chris, with Alex Fowler in the lead and Haley Andrews right behind her. So they got a little <laughs> contest going. Got some firepower out there. Yeah. I love that. There is a docu-series on YouTube called A New Beginning that we would love everyone to check out. It's pretty cool. Um, kind of the, the new era of, of Portland women's basketball. Just a kind of behind-the-scenes look, so just go check it out whenever you get a chance. On the men's basketball side, this weekend is the fifth annual Brewfest with UP alumni, owner of the West Coast Grocery and Backwoods Brewing. Uh, we got a doubleheader with men's and women's basketball. Women's is San Diego, men Santa Clara. Yeah, it should be a great weekend for all basketball fans to come to the Trial Center and have a good time. And then... Uh, Moving on, just talking about baseball a little yeah, bit. Yeah, baseball just started spring practices. Um, what's that been like so far? Is it What's the atmosphere like? It's been good. Yeah, the construction definitely adds a little uh, adversity to it. But uh, as Loomis always says, adversity shows character. Um, it's It's been a little wet, but nothing we're not used to for sure. So, Yeah, I could never even – I tried throwing a baseball in the rain a couple of times. They used to make me practice in the rain because I'm not used to it. <laughs> uh, I remember you, you'd be the only one that'd throw your bullpen outside, and then all the other Northwest guys would get to throw it inside. Crazy. And where are the games going to be played this season? Do we know yet, or is it kind of we're just waiting to see how the stadium ends yeah, up? Yeah, we're, we're all over the place a little bit. We get to play in Ridgefield, um, which is in right near Vancouver, Washington. Um, and then we actually head down to Oregon State for a series as our home. And then we head uh, to Hillsborough Stadium at Tonkin Stadium. So, And then we get to play one or two series here. So we're going to be moving around a lot, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully, Pilot Nation can follow well with us as well. Speaking of new stadiums uh, slash surfaces slash whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. uh, Indoor Track had their first meet on the new new surface this weekend. Uh, it went really well, and we got three of those this season. So it's going to be exciting, exciting time for Portland Athletics. Uh, a lot of first time since the 1990s i wasn't even born until 96 so Jeez. it's been a while since there's been an indoor track in there dating yourself there Chris. <laughs> no i know i'm a little bit old here but <laughs> i'm still a student so it's all that matters that's true lastly on men's tennis to start off the season two and zero, uh we've beat crosstown rival portland state that's gotta always love, a good feeling you gotta love it and you just love that <laughs> Uh, and then women's tennis started off 1-1. Uh, 
Uh, but we were, you know, you could go 19-1. I don't know how many matches they have, but, yeah, you know. They always say it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yeah, that is true. A long yeah. season to go. Yeah, no, we're... You could go undefeated. You're, I mean, tomorrow you're one. You're zero and zero right now. Yeah. You got to get next time. One and zero. True. Treat each day like a new game. Obviously. Absolutely. Yeah. Today we have Amy Dame Smith, the assistant director of academics and student athlete development. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Fantastic. Doing you good. know, really nice outside. It's been raining for about six days straight. So we're just getting used to it here I'm from California. So I'm not. Not my favorite thing in the world, but I'll live with it. <laughs> you gotta love it. <laughs> so you actually earned your uh, bachelor's in secondary education from here. I did. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And you played tennis here as well. I did. I played for Susie Campbell. Oh yeah. Yep. Love it. Uh, and then you you went on to George Fox after that. Yeah, I had okay. a short stint at okay. George Fox, uh, working towards a master's degree in counseling. Okay. Put it on hold, um, and then got into college athletics soon after that. And you went into coaching at Linfield? Yep. Yeah, right. I coached the women's tennis team at Linfield for 10 years. Um, and in conjunction with that was also NCAA compliance officer and later senior woman administrator. Mm. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so what was your what was your kind of decision to come here? Um, I don't know if you did you come here straight from Linfield as a coach or? No, I okay. actually, so I coached at Linfield for 10 years and then uh, got into athletics administration full time uh, through a position at Concordia University where I was a associate athletic director for compliance and academics and SWA. Um, and then I had a return to Linfield for two years mm -hmm. as an athletics administrator, but always had it as a goal to make it back to UP. Um, absolutely love my time here as a student athlete and uh, just kind of saw this as my destination. Uh, and what was kind of the decision making behind, you know, stepping away from coaching into the administrative, uh, administrative role? Was that was that hard for you to move on from coaching? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Uh, like I said, I did it for 10 years and um, about Seven years into that 10-year run, I uh, had my daughter and uh, just kind of realized that it, it took a lot to, to juggle everything with travel and recruiting and whatnot. And while I love that connection that coaching brings to the student-athlete, um, was also really enjoying my work with NCA compliance, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, becoming SWA at Linfield at the same time I was coaching um, opened my eyes to athletic administration and just kind of that world and, um, and really enjoyed my time uh, working, you know, being able to uh, devote more time to athletics administration. So it just kind of became more clear, a clearer path for me to, to move into um, about uh, seven years into coaching. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, coaching is a tough, tough lifestyle, especially when you got a family um, to take care of. I know that a lot of coaches, you know, they get, don't get to spend as much time with their family as they want to. So, you know, it's completely understandable. And then you still get to work on the, you know, the academic side of it and help these student athletes. Because in reality, you know, the something that I've always been interested in is like the big schools is, you know, the eligibility seems like it's more important than setting up athletes to succeed in life mm -hmm. um, because maybe the percentage of those athletes that are going to go pro is a little bit higher than somewhere like here. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of what's that, that like? What well, part of it is you're trying to keep athletes eligible, correct? Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it is 
helping the ones that don't go pro in something, which is going to be the majority of the athletes, it kind of succeed in their everything life doing yep. professional something else other than sports. So what's that like for you kind of working with athletes? Um, well, like I said, I, when I was coaching, that was one of my favorite things was having that close touch on, on student athletes, being able to feel like you're making a positive impact in their lives. And through the, through the work that I do here at UP, um, it, it's really similar where, you know, I get a lot of interaction with student athletes and I absolutely love that. And my sort of framework that I operate in is, uh, student athlete, student first. Um, and, and that's really, you know, everyone's here for the love of their sport to see how good they can be in their sport and see where it takes them. But at the end of the day, if you're not staying eligible and working towards that degree, um, that becomes sort of a, more of a secondary thing. In your role with the park, I know that you work with several teams. What are some of the teams that you specifically work with? So right now I'm working with uh, baseball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> yep. <laughs> women's soccer and also women's cross country and track and field. Okay. And we were, Chris and I were joking earlier that it's, I know you just got here uh, last semester, but it was pretty funny to us that in your first kind of year semester, the baseball team ironically had the highest uh, men's GPA on all of the uh, – athletics and we just credit that to you oh man <laughs> yeah. hey i take no credit no, I, yeah it was awesome to have you join our team for team sure. effort yeah team effort. <laughs> i love it i love it i wish i was a part of that yeah, not anymore though yeah. yeah it went up when you let how does your your background do you think that your background as a coach kind of helps you bridge and as an athlete bridge that gap between the coaches and athlete um kind of like the you know, I need this player eligible, but I also want them to do well. Yeah. You know, I think that it has served me well as I've transitioned into this role. Um, sort of having a 360 view, um, having been a student athlete myself, understanding just the time demands, how, especially when you're in season, every minute is almost accounted for um, in terms of attending class, studying, going to practice, getting treatment. Ice afterwards, you know, like just everything you got to eat, you got to sleep. Um, and then also as a coach, um, just really understanding the pressures that coaches are facing and, um, you know, the, the amount of attention that it takes to, to be a coach, make sure you're serving your with your student athletes and, uh, you know, getting the best out of them, uh, but also, you know, continuing to move your program forward. So, it, yeah, that perspective has really helped. I think from a, especially from a student athlete perspective, knowing that someone is on your side who's been through it is like extremely humbling. Cause like, you know, that obviously you've been here and you've been through it all. It's like, you completely understand what we're going through. And it's nice to know that when coming in meeting with you and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah no, that's really awesome. Nice. Well, and it's kind of funny when I do meet with you guys, I see some of the same professor names on your schedules. Yeah. We were going to ask you. I was going to ask, yeah. <laughs> that I had, yeah. That is so funny. That's crazy. Do they still remember you as a student or? You know, I haven't connected uh, with too many of them yet. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I've had, had some good kind of <laughs> chuckles about, oh, yeah, so-and-so. Yeah, we should do one of those, like, <laughs> undercover. <laughs> you know those videos where people, like, athletes go undercover and they're, like, just in regular places? We should have you do that with some of your <laughs> professors and see if they're like, oh, my God. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, so something else I was, I'm kind of interested in is, like, 
as a coach, is there always that kind of uh, struggle to let athletes take on their school side of it? Or is it like, instead of like, oh, I really want them to go practice right now. Like you're sometimes, cause I know coach Loomis um, for with baseball, he was, he was always super understanding if we needed to go take a class um, at a certain hour. Cause he, he really just wanted us to succeed in life. Um, so was, was that something that you had had trouble with or was that something you were very understanding with as a coach? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a little bit different with where I was coaching at Linfield. It's a Division three school. And so there are sort of these uh, restrictions in place by the NCAA that keep you from being able to be in season at all times throughout the year, whether it's that strength and conditioning segment. They don't have that. Um, so it really was like academics was a huge emphasis. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, I always tried to bring sort of a D1 mindset to my program when I was coaching. Um, and Susie Campbell was awesome uh, about, you know, just giving 100% to your sport when you're there. It's 100%. And when you're in class, it's 100% there. And so that was sort of the framework that I operated in as a coach. Um, so if, you know, of course, I would always point out like the student athletes that were putting in the extra time outside of practice um, on their own, you know, tennis being an individual sport mm -hmm. um, as sort of the ideal. But at the same time, like I said earlier at the beginning, um, it, you're you're here to get your degree. And, and so I was willing to do whatever it took to support my student athletes towards that towards that goal. Yeah. And you kind of talked about a little bit how the, the differences in compliance and rules between the different uh, divisions. At Concordia, you actually were part of the transition from Division Three to Division Two, correct? NAI to oh, NAI. Yeah. Yep. And what was that? What's that like? What's the difference in for people that don't know? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you can give a very, uh, very short answer to this. All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll try some bullet points here. Uh, so there. The main differences were the tr the transition of athletic aid. That was pretty big um, and just more parameters there there were I mean NAI does have rules some people are like oh NAI doesn't have rules <laughs> it's the wild goes. west yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, they do they did have rules uh, or they do have rules um, so so you were trying it was just a different culture um, in the NAI versus NCAA so it was just a, a big step up in terms of um, timing, like having recruiting calendars that you had to follow, um, you know, learning to transition to NLI signing dates and what that did to a coach's sort of patterns in recruiting um, and the calendars they were following. Um, so it was definitely a super valuable experience in terms of building something from the ground up. Um, and it was an adventure, uh, definitely. <laughs> but, you know, thankfully that department, like all the coaches were all in. And um, so can't say enough good things about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that was that loaded of a question. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was going to be <laughs> detailed. But, but yeah, that's I'm sure that wasn't the easiest of uh, questions for you. Have you been watching the Australian Open? Or is it too late at night for it? To <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have watched a few of the matches. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely was following Serena, uh, mm -hmm. watch her last match a few days ago. Um, yeah. Tough one. Did it you was. watch the, uh, Coco Goff, um, the 15 year old sensation? She's basically, she's unbelievable. She yeah. just beat, uh, Naomi Osaka in the, 
straight sets, I want to say. Yeah, it was crazy. So. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. But I don't know how you're that young and competing at that high of a level. Like, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this so doesn't composed. happen in any other sport. No, like, <laughs> no, I mean, basketball, you see guys going straight from high school, but they were, not anymore. Yeah. But, but true, still. even they're 18, 19 still. Yeah. It's crazy. So something we, we like to do here um, is just have a little bit of fun at the end. We know you got some other things to do. You're your job to do <laughs> um, <laughs> so something we do is the kind of pre-draft interview i don't know if you've heard um for the nfl draft the interviewers always ask some really weird questions like and we just you know they really just want to see kind of what mindset you're in and, and then we're going to give you a grade see what draft what round you're going to go um, okay. after <laughs> but uh so the first question we're going to ask we've asked everyone that's been on here is what kind of fish are you Oh my gosh, what kind of fish am I? Yeah. Oh man, I'm going to be super original and say salmon because I'm from the Northwest. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> these, are, these aren't normal questions. So it's okay to. Uh, our second one would be what color is chocolate? Brown. Brown? Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. <laughs> unless it's white brown. chocolate. Yeah, unless it's white chocolate or dark. Yeah. I don't know what's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so you're speeding down a mountain at very high speed on a bus. Where are you sitting? Uh, in the middle. Okay. In the middle? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like kind of a leader, kind of not, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's weird because I'm a middle child. So no, there you yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't We're know. We're getting where, deep here. We don't <laughs> really know where these <laughs> these questions like how they even come up. They just these are real questions that got asked. Or so what okay. the right answer really yeah, is. Yeah. It's just I guess it's really just to rattle people. I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, have you? Are you going to watch the Super Bowl this weekend? Yeah. Okay. I am. And yeah. are you? Who you got? You got Chiefs or 49ers? Got to go with the Niners. Uh, Let's go. Yeah. Let's My go. dad played for them, so it's oh, wow. a yeah, no little bit All of right. a connection there. I wish I would have known that so. one. <laughs> I'm a huge Niners fan. So. That is so cool. What yeah. position did he play? Uh, he was nose guard. Nose guard. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. He's a big guy. <laughs> he was kind of the Rudy of, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, way oh, back in the day. Great story. Yeah, yeah I love Rudy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, that's so well, cool. Wow, that just got really exciting. Yeah, I hope the Niners as well because uh, – Huge Niners fan. This guy's a Seahawks fan over here, so that's okay. Really I am, so I just yeah. I really want the 49ers to lose. I don't really care who they're playing against. Really, dude? But yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> All right, what what grade do you got for her? The answers were pretty pretty quick. The first one was a little slow, um, and then <laughs> every answer had a good reasoning. I'll probably give you a 8.2, 8.3. What round? Round. Late second round, maybe early third. Wow, yeah. that is tough. <laughs> That's tough. Um, yeah, no, I was I was thinking late first, mid to late first, but that, but that, I mean whatever, man. If yeah, you wanna just I'm, I'm a tougher grader. And go Aaron Rodgers and just <laughs> let him drop, let her drop all the way down in yeah. the draft. That's tough. Well, we know you got things to do. We're so happy that you came on with us, um, and we love you know just having you as a part of our program, just to bridge the gap between athletes and coaches. Um, so. Thanks for coming on, and we're, we're really happy that you came on with us. Yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. It was fun fun talking with you guys. Yeah, thank you. So that's it for today, everybody. We really appreciate all of our listeners, and I will be signing out for the whole week ahead of preparation of the Super Bowl. Huge Niners fan, and I just cannot wait to see George Kittle laughing maniacally 
after he blocks somebody. Like, that's the best thing I've ever seen. Niners by 60. It's not even going to be a close game. That's all. You heard it here first, fellas. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know about that one. I think <laughs> Mahomes might be a little tough to stop, but. Yeah, whatever. Go Chiefs. Oh, yeah, that's a salty Seahawks fan, everybody. This is how it goes. You know, can't even root for the same conference or division. It's really tough. Yeah, it's true. Even when all we needed was a half yard and we're, we might be playing in this game. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a game of inches. You can't win them all. All righty. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Get that going in the background. That's good. That's good stuff.